All right, welcome to a special episode of the Deep Overstock Fiction Podcast. Today we are kicking. Ugh, sorry, need to do some vocal exercises. Today we are uh, starting our Shakespeare submission period, and we have on the show, well, on their own show, really, uh, Michael Santiago and ZB Wagman. My name is Robert Eversman. I'll be hosting for today. Had to ask ZB Wagman and Michael Santiago, what are you hoping to see in these Shakespeare submissions? All right. Well, hi, Bobby. Thank you for having me here. Um, so looking forward, looking for what I hope to see in Shakespeare submissions. Um, you know, Shakespeare is phenomenal with the language. He's so poetic. Um, so I really would love to see people play with the language in their submissions for us, um, especially if they write in iambic pentameter or write sonnets for us. But also if they're just if they just think a little bit more about the language they use, kind of get creative with it. Hell, if they want to uh, invent new words, Shakespeare invented quite a few of his own. So I just, I really want to want people to dive into the language itself for these pieces. But I kind of wanted to speak to those who probably are a little bit weary of jumping into the Shakespeare realm of writing as I am. Um, so analyzing Shakespeare's language, I think a lot of it for me personally is, uh, it's definitely about language, but it's also about tonality. It, Shakespeare hits these, these beats, like Zach was saying, that really shift the dynamic of the story from one scene to the next, whether that be the actual story or the plot going forward, or it's the actual characters themselves in their arc. Um, so for me, in order to be able to write a piece in this in this world, I'm going to have to really refer back to some of those scenes that I was talking about, those famous scenes like the Romeo and Juliet death scene, and try to emulate that language in such a way that I'm not outright trying to mock Shakespeare, but I'm trying to emulate him to, in, a, in an effort to, I guess, in an effort of admiration towards his work. And... I think that's going to be really hard for people who are not uh, big Shakespeare fans or big readers. So for people who are interested in writing it, I would say don't start off so heavy. Don't go straight into Google and start researching much ado about nothing and going to some heavy scenes unless you're familiar with it. Instead, look at key pieces that you're familiar with, like the Romeo and Juliet death scene, and see how Shakespeare kind of paints that picture. Uh, just through words alone, and try to emulate that language in your own piece. I don't think necessarily, at least for me, I'm not looking for a, a piece that is 100% pulled out of the pages as if it was Shakespeare writing it, um, but more so somebody who can can emulate the best they can while also keeping it creative. Like the, I think the last episode we had talked about the Romeo and Juliet film with Leo DiCaprio and... Mm. If you analyze that film, that film, it did stay at its core uh, very much to the original play by Shakespeare, but it obviously added all this urbanization and this modernization into that narrative. And although I'm not a fan of it, <clears throat> I think it actually did work in a, in a retelling of the story in today's age. So I think, sorry, this, this response is a bit verbose, but if we kind of ask our those uninitiated to the Shakespeare realm and we welcome them in, because this is a really hard subject to write about, maybe take a look at 
the film, see what they did, what that did for Romeo and Juliet, rather than 100% try your best to pull something off that Shakespeare himself would have written. So mm. to answer, to loop it back to your original question, I myself, in order to be able to write an efficient piece for this, I'm going to have to go back to Google and search all the infamous scenes in some of these plays I'm familiar with. Because to be honest with you, I haven't even heard of much to do about nothing until we started discussing it. Um, but that's going to be my method. Pull a famous scene, see how the language and the tonality of it played out, and then go from there. So, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I feel like you touched on something really important, Mike. We a lot of this discussion has been about the like very in-depth look at Shakespeare's language and a lot of the like very heavy stuff about Shakespeare that is very intimidating to a lot of people. And I just want to kind of reiterate what you said, Mike, that like this, you do not have to be an intense Shakespeare scholar to even begin to approach writing a piece for us this time. We are very open to a lot to vague submissions to his or vague in uh what's the word i'm looking for we're we're looking yeah vague interpretations of his work thank you if you look at modern cinema there is so many things that are shakespeare without people knowing it lion king is a really good example that is just the story of hamlet except it's told through lions a lot of authors have done similar things like ek johnston wrote exit pursued by bear there is um like warm bodies by isaac marlin which was also a movie like that's zombie romeo and juliet there's so many things that like are written over and over again or that have that have referenced his work over and over again. And yet when the modern audience looks at it, it's not, it's not obvious. I want to second that. Lion King. It's amazing. You brought in Lion King. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't think to the jet in space off of what Macbeth or Hamlet, 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 so, right? Hamlet. Yeah. And I don't think the general audience is even aware of that, but I think people are going to be intimidated because they're going to want to write through Shakespeare's own voice. Instead, mm look at loosely adapt something like Lion King did, or I think I would even venture to say a complete bastardization of one of his works, although it might not be respectful to the source material. You know, if you can take a shape, like a famous Shakespeare piece, like Hamlet or Othello, flip it on its head, as we were talking about in a previous episode with subverting Mm. expectations. I think that's great too. I mean, I don't think it has to be, you know, beat by beat, a a specific Shakespeare piece as if he wrote it. So yeah, yeah look I to would, film. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I would no, I would encourage people to maybe not try to write as Shakespeare. It's it's not worth the time or effort when you can write in your own voice um, and still write a piece that is that references Shakespeare. I mean, again, more movies like She's the Man, 10 Things I Hate About You. Like oh, yeah. they used uh, they used Shakespeare and yet told their own story. West Side Story is a great one that did Romeo and Juliet again. Sons of Anarchy does Shakespeare. And yet like Son of, Sons of Anarchy is a story of motorcycle gangs like there is no reason that you should write in 
in Verona or in Shakespeare's mm. worlds. You shouldn't, you, I mean, feel free if you want to write a story starring Romeo and Juliet, be my guest, but don't feel like you have to. Yeah, I think so. Otherwise it could sound very stilted if you're trying to repeat the language and even using language from 400 years ago, that will be challenging. If you want to drop that, if you want the challenge of iambic pentameter, great, we'll accept the challenge, we'll read that challenge. But yeah, I think just taking the basic plot and rolling with it. I recently watched a movie called The Forbidden Planet, the Gene Roddenberry movie, which is, uh, he's the creator of Star Trek. And um, it's based on The Tempest, very loosely, but none of the language is remotely similar. It's all just a bunch, basically sailors, but in space. So they're all speaking like sailors. Nothing resembles Shakespeare's language but it is a new look at a Shakespeare plot, the very basic element of the, the relationship in Shakespeare, a relationship between father and daughter and invaders, or just, so yeah, it's just taking I mean, those basic elements. We have a lot of sci-fi writers. The Tempest is a great one to mine for mm, inspiration sci-fi. for science fiction. Good point. And what sailors, are? what era are they from? Are we talking about like swashbucklers or... You know, oh, I'm sorry. like a sailor. The, <laughs> the um the the Forbidden Planet is in the future, but you know, uh, a movie made in the '60s. But they all speak uh, like, uh, "Go get them, Sarge! Uh, turn on the turn on the vaporizers! I've got my gun to stunt." You know, it's it's all. I was gonna say because I I served in the Navy a little ways back, and then I, I never said go get him, Sarge, but. Um, <laughs> I, imagine, I imagine it fits that narrative, but um, I kind of wanted to also speak in a general sense. Um, who knows? This might not be the first, I mean, the last issue from an author from a bygone era. I mean, we, we talked about Lovecraft last time. Edgar Allan hmm. Poe could be up. Who knows? Um, I would say even some of the work Edgar Allan Poe or Lovecrafted, for example, some, some of it's not super accessible to the to the general public to or even because I imagine we're going to have writers who are this is their first piece submitted or they have just gotten into the craft or and this issue may frighten them or may gear them away. And we don't want that. Obviously, we want to encourage mm-hmm. every writer to blossom and, and grow into their own style. Mm-hmm. So to everyone listening who isn't as well versed in Shakespeare um, and for those who are, definitely ignore everything I'm saying if you're well-versed. But for the other half or whoever, the minority out there or majority, who knows? Yeah, make this your own. Lovecraft is a good point of comparison there. If you try to jump in and rewrite Lovecraftian language, it's a tall order. It's going to sound stilted. It's going to set you off in the wrong direction, potentially. I think lift the plot, make it your own, tell the story you want to tell with these basic elements. And even if you want to write in the email, hey, this is my retelling of Macbeth, do it. Tell us. That'd be wonderful. And if it only slightly resembles, great. Yeah, and you brought up a good point about um, about speaking in Lovecraftian language. I mean, essentially, I think what we're asking is, well, not to be confused, is we're asking the writer to write in Shakespearean style, kind of giving up their own. But I would, I would encourage writers to either pair the two, merge them, or just stick with your own style while adopting, you know, some language and tonality of Shakespeare's, like, best-known pieces. Don't yeah, sacrifice maybe. your own style. Don't yeah, sacrifice absolutely your own not. style. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you All heard right. it here. I think we're about out of time. 
Okay, well, ZB Wagman and Michael Santiago, thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, I'm sure the three of us and Mickey are excited to read these submissions. Remember, keep them in your own style. Don't sacrifice your own style. If you just want to take one element and tell us, perfect. Full speed ahead. Do not be intimidated. Uh, Zach, Mike, any closing words? Go just get them, Sarge. Go get them, <laughs> Sarge. <laughs> 